Hey, and welcome on to NBA Recap. Today is Sunday, December 19th, and we had seven games on in the NBA last night, so let's get right into them. Starting off in Detroit, the Rockets beat the Pistons 116 to 107. In Boston, the Celtics outlasted the Knicks 114 to 107. In Brooklyn, the shorthanded Magic defeated the shorthanded Nets 100 to 93. In Toronto, the Raptors beat the Warriors 119 to 100. In Oklahoma City, the Thunder just edged past the Clippers 104 to 103. In Milwaukee, the Cavaliers beat the Bucks 119 to 90. And finally, in Utah, the Wizards beat the Jazz 109 to 103. So we will break down all seven of those games in just a moment. But first, if you'd like to follow the show on social, we're at NBA Recap Pod, or you can just search YouTube or smart speakers for NBA Recap Podcast. And if you enjoy the show, consider subscribing or leaving a review. It really helps get the word out. All right, starting off today in Detroit, where the Rockets defeated the Pistons 116-107. to The Rockets were led by Christian Wood, making his return and leading his team with 21 points. And they also got 18 from Eric Gordon, the other veteran in the starting lineup for Houston. Whereas the Pistons were led by Sadiq Bey. He had 23 points, and they got 21 from Cade Cunningham. He had 11 assists and 7 rebounds as well. And there's still no Jeremy Grant for Detroit. So they were just outmatched in this game from the jump. With Christian Wood back in the lineup for Houston, they look like a much more competent team. And they outscored the Pistons 38-30 to in the first quarter, and then 24-19 to in the second. So by halftime, it was a double-digit lead for the Rockets. And they maintained that double-digit lead throughout the rest of the second half. At one point early in the fourth quarter, they got the lead all the way up to 20 with about 10 minutes to go in the fourth. It was 95-75. to So in the end, this was a blowout for the Rockets. And they shot the ball, unsurprisingly, pretty well, 49% from the field, 36% from beyond the arc. The Pistons were similar from the field, 46%, but they were only 27% from three, which is a bit disappointing because they've actually had some pretty good three-point shooting games despite their current predicament being last in the league and on a 14-game losing streak. The three-point shooting has been one of the bright spots for the Pistons, so that is definitely a concerning sign. And also a concerning sign is the fact that they had 21 turnovers. It is not easy to out-turnover the Rockets, but they did so in this game. This was a very sloppy game because the Rockets did their part as well. They had 19 turnovers. But nonetheless, the Rockets will take the win however they can get it. And so they now improve to 10 and 20. And that puts them in 13th in the Western Conference. They are half a game up on the New Orleans Pelicans right below them. And two games behind the Spurs in 12th. And the Rockets have a negative 6.5 point differential. And they're 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. And as for the Pistons, as I mentioned, they remain at the bottom of the Eastern Conference with this loss. They are now 4-24, and so that is the worst record in the entire league. They still have the second-worst point differential in the Eastern Conference at negative 9.7, but it's getting closer to the Magic, who won tonight. And of course, like I mentioned, the Pistons are on a 14-game losing streak. All right, so moving on to the box score and the Rockets in this game, as I mentioned, were led by Christian Wood making his return. He had the best plus minus on the team. He was plus 15 in 30 minutes. He had 21 points to lead the way. He was 9 of 19 from the field. He had two threes, eight rebounds, one assist, one steal, and one block. So really good stuff for Christian Wood. They also got 18 points from Eric Gordon in 28 minutes. He was 7 of 11 from the field, 3 of 4 from beyond the arc. So he is just desperately crying out to be traded to a contending team. He could definitely make a difference on a really elite team shooting the three ball efficiently and playing some decent defense and he had one rebound five assists and two steals as well they also got 16 points from garrison matthews in 36 minutes gary bird was on fire six of 12 from the field four of nine from beyond the arc and he had five rebounds two assists three steals and a block 
And then they got 11 points from the sophomore, Jayshon Tate. He was 5 of 10 from the field, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, and 10 points from the rookie, Josh Christopher, rounding out the starting lineup. In 28 minutes, he was efficient once again, 4 of 6 from the field and 2 of 3 from beyond the arc. He had 4 rebounds, 7 assists, 1 steal. He's having a fantastic rookie season. Definitely could make an all-rookie second team, perhaps. He's, I would say he's definitely been one of the 10 best rookies so far this season. And off the bench for Houston, they got a double-double from Kenyon Martin Jr. in 28 minutes. 10 points, 11 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal. 13 points for David Nwaba in 17 minutes. He was also efficient, 5 of 9 from the field, and he had 7 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal, 1 block. So really nice contributions from those two off the bench, Kenyon Martin Jr. and David Nwaba. And the Rockets also got nine points from the other rookie, Alperin Shingun, in 22 minutes. He was three of eight from the field. He had five rebounds, four assists, two blocks. He was plus 13, which was the bench high, along with DJ Augustine, the veteran point guard, who had eight points in 17 minutes. He was three of nine from the field. He had two assists, three steals, and a rebound. And Daniel Tice got the DNPCD. Stephen Silas, to his immense credit, started out the season with the Christian Wood-Daniel Tice two-big lineup, which was atrocious while it was on the court. And a couple of weeks ago, around the same time that Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. went out of the starting lineup for the Rockets, coincidentally enough, Silas all but excised Daniel Tice from the lineup completely, and they have been significantly better off for it. They've just been giving Kenyon Martin Jr. and Alperin Shingun those big man minutes off the bench with Christian Wood as the only big man in the starting lineup. So good for Steven Silas to make that change pretty quickly in the season. And as for the Pistons, they were led in this game by Sadiq Bey, the sophomore. He had another solid game, 23 points in 37 minutes. He was 9 of 16 from the field. He had three threes, four rebounds, three assists, one steal, and one block. They also got 21 points from Cade Cunningham. He really stuffed the stat sheet, the number one pick. He had seven rebounds, 11 assists, two steals, and a block, and three three-pointers. Really good stuff for Cade. He has just been dominating, especially from a fantasy perspective, over the past week or two, and he is absolutely giving Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes a run for their money. Now, I don't know if he's going to be able to catch them because the Pistons' winning percentage is so bad. Typically, that does not really matter for Rookie of the Year, but in a year when you, two of your top three candidates are on actually competent teams and Evan Mobley is like a key part of a really good team, I think it might come into play and I don't think Cade will be able to catch them. But nonetheless, in a typical rookie of the year campaign, he would absolutely be right there in contention with these numbers that he's been putting up. As for the rest of the starters for the Pistons, they got eight points from Killian Hayes and Hamanu Diallo. Hayes was four of 11 from the field. He missed all four of his three-point attempts. He had four rebounds, 10 assists, two steals on a block though. And Diallo in 22 minutes had three rebounds and two steals. And Isaiah Stewart, the third sophomore, rounding out the starting lineup, the big man, had 16 points and 8 rebounds in 20 minutes. He was 7 of 9 from the field, and he had 1 assist and 1 block as well. Off the bench for the Pistons, they got 12 points from Frank Jackson in 23 minutes. He was 5 of 13 from the field. He had 3 rebounds, although he was negative 13. That was a team low. 9 points for Luca Garza, the rookie. In 9 minutes, he was 4 of 6 from the field. Six points for Trey Lyles, the backup big man, in 19 minutes, and four points for Saban Lee, the fourth rookie. He was just one of three from the field. All right, and next up, we can move on to Boston, where the Celtics outlasted the New York Knicks, the shorthanded Knicks, inserting Kimball Walker back into the starting lineup. 
and he had 29 points against his former team. And they also got 32 from Evan Fournier against his former team as well. So these former Celtics really lighting it up. But unfortunately for the Knicks, they were just outlasted by the Celtics, who were led by Josh Richardson. Off the bench, he had a season-high 27 points. And they also got 25 from Tatum and 23 from Brown. So the Celtics just edging the Knicks in the end, 114-107. to 107. So this was a close one in the end. It was actually the Celtics who were leading early on. They outscored the Knicks 32-8. to 8 in the first quarter, so they had a commanding double-digit lead throughout the entire first half. It was a 15-point game at halftime, but then in the third quarter, the Celtics just came out lackadaisically, and the Knicks were just on fire, specifically Kemba Walker. He single-handedly got them back into this game, and they quickly closed the gap about halfway through the third, and then it was just back and forth throughout the rest of this game. The third quarter was 41-24 to in favor of the Knicks, and so it was just really close from there on out. The Celtics ultimately pulled away at the end of the fourth quarter, outscoring the Knicks 28-19, to so they had a little bit of a buffer there once again by the end of this game. Josh Richardson had the capper with a three-pointer with 33 seconds left, putting the Celtics up by seven. So a good win here for the Celtics, not getting rattled after the Knicks made their comeback in the third quarter, led by the former Celtics, Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier. And unsurprisingly, considering the scoreline, the stats were pretty close throughout. The rebounding, the turnovers, the three-point shooting, the teams were really close in all three of those categories, but the Celtics in the end just shot a little bit better than the Knicks, 47% from the field versus just 43% for New York. So with this loss, the Knicks now fall to 13 and 17. So they are still struggling down there in 12th in the Eastern Conference. And they're just half a game up on the Pacers in 13th. The Knicks are just 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games. And they are one and a half games now behind the Hawks in 11th. The Knicks have a negative 1.5 point differential, which is worse than the Pacers right below them. In fact, it's fifth worst in the entire conference. And as for the Boston Celtics, this win takes them to 15 and 15. So back to 500. They are tied in that regard with the Philadelphia 76ers right below them in ninth. And they're just half a game behind the Washington Wizards and the Charlotte Hornets in sixth and seventh. So as has been the case for quite a while now, the middle portion of the Eastern Conference is very tightly contested from the Hornets in sixth all the way down to the Hawks in 11th. Those six teams are just separated by one game. And the Celtics are 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. They have a plus 1.2 point differential, which is better than the two teams right ahead of them in the standings. All right, so moving on to the box score. And the Knicks were led, as I mentioned, by Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier, the former Celtics. 32 points for Fournier in 43 minutes. He was 13 of 24 from the field, 4 of 10 from 3. And he had 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, and a block. They also got 29 from Kemba Walker, inserted back into the starting lineup after Tom Thibodeau had excised him from the lineup, much like Daniel Tice with the Rockets. Walker had been removed from the lineup completely due to his ineffective play, but Considering all the COVID health and safety protocols and injuries that the Knicks are dealing with, Thibodeau had no choice but to insert Walker back into the lineup, and he repaid that trust immensely with 29 points in 37 minutes. He was 8 of 20 from the field, 5 of 11 from beyond the arc, and 8 of 10 from the free throw line. He had 6 rebounds, 3 assists. So that's two nights in a row now that we've had former Celtic point guards putting up big lines in comeback games. You had Walker tonight, and then of course you had Isaiah Thomas for the Lakers last night. 
And so elsewhere in the starting lineup for the Knicks, you had 19 points for Alec Burks in 41 minutes. He had three threes, six rebounds, four assists, and a steal. You also got 20 points from Julius Randle in 41 minutes. He was only six of 19 from the field, though, and one of seven from three. So really inefficient shooting for Randle, and he had nine rebounds, seven assists, and a block, though. And Nerlens Noel, rounding out the starting lineup, had four points in 25 minutes. He had eight rebounds, one assist, two steals, and three blocks. Stuffing the stat sheet. You love to see those five combined steals and blocks. And off the bench for the Knicks, with all the absences, only three players saw the court. Mitchell Robinson had three points in 22 minutes. He was one of two from the field. He had eight rebounds and two steals. And that was it in terms of the scoring off the bench for the Knicks. Just three points. Todd Gibson saw the court for 22 minutes but did not score. And Wayne Selden saw the court for nine minutes but also did not score. So it was really the starters carrying the Knicks in this game. But as for the Boston Celtics, they also only had three players to see the court off the bench. But... Josh Richardson led the team in scoring with 27 points in 32 minutes. He was 9 of 14 from the field, 5 of 7 from beyond the arc, and he had 5 rebounds, 4 assists, and 3 steals. And he was plus 12 in that time, so really good game here for Richardson off the bench for the Celtics. He has been struggling in the NBA over the past couple of seasons, ever since his hot start to his career there in Miami, where he was looking like a really talented prospect. He got traded to Philadelphia, and then he started to struggle. Then he got moved to Dallas where his struggles continued. And so now that he's found himself a role here for the Celtics coming off the bench, he has really started to strive. And I would argue that this is his best season since his days in Miami. But anyways, onto the starting lineup for the Celtics and Tatum and Brown led the way for the starters. Tatum had 25 points in 36 minutes. He was not super efficient, 9 of 24 from the field, 3 of 13 from beyond the arc. But he did have 9 rebounds, 2 assists, and he was negative 4 in the plus minus. Jalen Brown had 23 points, but he was also also not incredibly efficient, 8 of 21 from the field. He was 5 of 13 from the three-point line, though, and he had four rebounds, five assists, two steals. 15 points for the big man, Robert Williams. In 29 minutes, he was 6 of 8 from the field. He had eight rebounds, two assists, one block, and four points for Marcus Smart. In 34 minutes, he had five assists, one rebound, one steal. Aaron Neesmith, also in the starting lineup, did not score at all. He was 0 of 5 from beyond the arc. All he took were threes. He did have seven rebounds and one assist, though. And elsewhere off the bench for the Celtics, besides Josh Richardson, they also got 16 points from the sophomore Peyton Pritchard. In 28 minutes, he was incredibly efficient in this game. 6 of 10 from the field, 4 of 7 from beyond the arc. And he had 3 rebounds, 3 assists. He was plus 11 in the plus minus. And Ennis Freedom, rounding out the bench, had 4 points and 8 rebounds in 21 minutes. He was plus 13, which was a team high. So those three coming off the bench for the Celtics. Ennis Freedom, Peyton Pritchard, and Josh Richardson were all at least plus 11 in the plus minus and they combined for a very efficient 47 points. So really incredible production from those three. All right, and next up we can move on to Brooklyn where the Nets were defeated by the Orlando Magic 100-93. to This was not the best advertisement for the NBA. Both teams were incredibly shorthanded. The Magic are missing basically their entire team. Wendell Carter, Mo Bamba, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, RJ Hampton, Mo Wagner, like basically every player that has been seeing the court for significant minutes so far in the season for the Magic was absent from this game. And so they were led by Robin Lopez in the starting lineup with the double-double, 20 points and 10 rebounds. And they also got a double-double from the rookie Franz Wagner with 14 and 11. Whereas the Nets were led by Patty Mills with 23 points and they got 18 from David Duke Jr. But they were also incredibly shorthanded. No Kevin Durant, no James Harden, no Kyrie Irving, no Bruce Brown, 
no Javon Carter, no DeAndre Bembry. This game was just a who's who of third string guys, rookies, G League players, players on two-way contracts, like not a lot of star power in this one to say the least. And so unsurprisingly, the shooting wasn't great. There was a lot of turnovers. Both teams had 16 turnovers. The Nets just shot 19% from beyond the arc and 38% from the field overall, whereas the Magic were just 41% from the field. They were at least competent from three though, 32%, but nonetheless, a rough game here. The Magic ended up outscoring the Nets 26 to 17 in the first quarter, and they were able to maintain a five to 10 point lead throughout the rest of the game until the very end of the fourth quarter when the Nets actually made a comeback thanks to Patty Mills and David Duke Jr. Mills hit a 13-footer with three minutes to go. They cut the deficit to three for the Nets. And then David Duke Jr., the rookie, hit a three-pointer with 2.33 left on the clock that tied the game up 93-all. But then the Magic displayed excellent resilience, and Chuma Okeke responded with a three-pointer himself with 1.11 left on the clock that extended the Magic lead to 93. And actually, that was the la- David Duke's three-pointer with 2.33 on the clock was the last points that the Nets would score, and the Magic were able to reestablish a nice lead. Franz Wagner then hit a three-foot driving, floating jump shot, and then he hit a couple of free throws as well. So the Magic did well to pull out this victory in the end. And so with this win, they snap a seven-game losing streak, and they prove to 6-25. and So they are still in second to last in the Eastern Conference. They are half a game up on the Detroit Pistons in 15th but they are seven games behind the Indiana Pacers in 13th. So it seems pretty likely at this point that the bottom two in the Eastern Conference will be the Magic and the Pistons in some order by the end of the year. The Magic are 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games, and they have the worst point differential in the entire league at negative 9.9. All right, so moving on to the box score. And the Magic, as I mentioned, were led by Robin Lopez, the big man inserted into the starting lineup with no Wendell Carter and no Mo Bamba. In 38 minutes, Lopez had 20 points and 10 rebounds. He was 10 of 22 from the field, did not attempt a three-pointer or a free throw at all, but he had four assists and one block. So good stuff there for the veteran big man, Robin Lopez. They also got 17 points from the veteran shooting guard, Gary Harris. In 36 minutes, he was six of 17 from the field, so not the most efficient night for Harris, but he did have seven rebounds and five assists. And then they also got 15 points from Chuma Okeke in 35 minutes. He had six rebounds, one assist, two steals, and two blocks. A double-double for the rookie, Franz Wagner, 14 points and 11 rebounds with six assists and a steal. And he was just four of 14 from the field. And then Michael Mulder rounding out the starting lineup only had seven points, but he was plus 21 in the plus minus, and that was a team high. He had four rebounds and one three-pointer. And off the bench for the Magic, they got eight points from Aleem Ford in 18 minutes, seven points for Hassani Gravit in 25 minutes, seven points as well for B.J. Johnson, and five points for Admiral Schofield rounding out the bench. And as for the Brooklyn Nets, with no Kevin Durant, no James Harden, no Kyrie Irving, they were led by Patty Mills, the former Spur, in 41 minutes, had 23 points on 10 of 24 shooting. He only had two three-pointers. He was 2 of 14 from beyond the arc, so not exactly the most efficient night for Mills here. He did have six rebounds, five assists, one steal, and one block, though. They also got 18 points from David Duke Jr., the rookie, in 36 minutes. He was 7 of 15 from the field. He had 14 rebounds, one assist, two steals, and a block. So nice production there from Duke Jr., the double-double. And they also got 17 points from the veteran big man Blake Griffin in 32 minutes. He was 6 of 13 from the field. He had three threes, seven rebounds, six assists, two steals. And 15 points for Cameron Thomas, the other rookie, although he was pretty inefficient. 7 of 20 from the field, just 1 of 7 from 3. He had 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. And 9 points for the third rookie, Kessler Edwards. In 39 minutes, he was 4 of 13 from the field. He had 5 rebounds, 2 assists, and 3 blocks. But he was negative 19 in the plus minus, and that was a team low. 
And off the bench for Brooklyn, they got four points from Shaq Harrison in 21 minutes, four points as well from Langston Galloway in 23 minutes, and three points from James Innes. All right, and next up, we can move on to Toronto, where the Raptors blew out the Golden State Warriors, 119 to 100. The Warriors were obviously very shorthanded in this game, as has been the case for many teams, but it wasn't due to the COVID health and safety protocols this time. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Andrew Wiggins all essentially were held out for rest purposes. And so they were led in the starting lineup by the rookie, Jonathan Kaminga. He had 26 points on a very efficient 9 of 15 shooting. He had four three-pointers. And then they also got double-digit scoring from five other guys, whereas the Raptors were led by Fred Van Vliet. He had 27 points, and they also got 21 from Scotty Barnes, the rookie. And the Raptors, for their part, are finally a little bit less injured. They just got OG Ananobi back into the lineup, as well as Precious Achua. They're still missing Kem Birch, but nonetheless, it's good for the Raptors to have some of their big guys back in the lineup, back available. Although Ananobi didn't exactly have the most auspicious return. He just had seven points in 28 minutes in the starting lineup. But nonetheless, the Raptors absolutely dominated the Warriors in this game, especially in the first half. They outscored the Warriors 31-18 to in the first quarter and 32-24 to in the second. So they had a commanding 21-point lead at halftime, and they maintained that lead throughout the entire second half. In fact, they actually expanded upon it even further. Uh, the lead was all the way up to 27 by the end of the third quarter. So a dominant victory here for the Raptors. They shot the ball unsurprisingly pretty efficiently, 50% from the field, 36% from beyond the arc, and they only had 11 turnovers versus 20 for the young and less experienced Golden State Warriors. And they also didn't shoot the ball super efficiently, just 30% from beyond the arc. Although they were 46% from the field, that's not bad. And they out-rebounded the Raptors 47 to 41. So there's a couple of positives for the Warriors to take away, but ultimately this was just a drubbing by the Raptors. And so they now improved to 14 and 15 with with this win, they are currently in 10th in the Eastern Conference, tied with the Atlanta Hawks in 11th, and half a game behind the Celtics and 76ers in 8th and 9th. Just one game, as I mentioned previously, behind the Hornets and Wizards all the way up in 6th and 7th. So despite the fact that the Raptors are all the way down there at the bottom of the play-in game picture in the East, it is still really close, and they could jump up into the proper playoff standings, the top six, just like that. And the Raptors are plus 1.2 in the point differential, which is better than several teams ahead of them and they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. And as for the Golden State Warriors, this loss takes them to second in the Western Conference. The Suns are just ahead on winning percentage. The Warriors have played two extra games, so they are 24-6. and six. The Suns are 23-5, and five. and the Warriors are three and a half games up on the Jazz in third, but they have lost their best point differential in the league to the Jazz. They are plus 10.3, whereas the Jazz are now plus 10.5. So the Warriors now second in record and point differential. But nonetheless, they are still dominating. And I don't mean to imply that they are losing their place as clearly the best team in the league so far. They're still 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. All right, so moving on to the box score. And the Warriors, as I mentioned, were led by the rookie Jonathan Kaminga. 26 points, his season high thus far in 36 minutes. He was 9 of 15 from the field, 4 of 6 from beyond the arc. He had one rebound, two assists, and two steals. Now, he did have six turnovers, and he was negative 17 in the plus-minus. But nonetheless, really encouraging stuff for the seventh pick in the draft, Jonathan Kaminga. They also got 14 points from Damian Lee in 35 minutes. He had two three-pointers, three rebounds, one assist. 12 points for Kavon Looney in 24 minutes. He had four rebounds, three assists, two blocks. And they also got nine points from Juan Toscano-Anderson in 31 minutes. He was four of nine from the field, 0 of three from beyond the arc. He did have 10 rebounds, three assists, though. And three points for Chris Chioza rounding out the starting lineup in 26 minutes. He was just one of six from the field. He had four rebounds, seven assists, and one steal. 
And off the bench for the Warriors, they got 13 points from Gary Payton II. In 20 minutes, he was 6 of 11 from the field. He had 9 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 steals. 11 points for the other rookie, Moses Moody. In 25 minutes, he had 2 3-pointers, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. And the Warriors got 10 points from Nemanja Bialica in 25 minutes. And just 2 points for Jeff Doughton. And as for the Toronto Raptors, they were led by Fred Van Vliet, 27 points in 33 minutes. He was 9 of 17 from the field, 6 of 10 from beyond the arc. Red hot shooting for Van Vliet. And he also stuffed the stat sheet. 7 rebounds, 12 assists, 3 steals, and a block. And he was plus 29, which was a team high. So incredible game here for Van Vliet. Oh, and one other stat, he had zero turnovers. A remarkable game for Van Vliet. Okay, so they also got 21 points from Scotty Barnes in 33 minutes. The rookie was 8 of 12 from the field. He had 8 rebounds and 6 assists. They got 11 points from Chris Boucher, the big man, still in the starting lineup, even though Precious Achua has returned. Boucher was 4 of 8 from the field. He had 8 rebounds and 1 assist. 7 points for OG Ananobi making his return. In 28 minutes, he was 3 of 8 from the field. He had 3 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal. And Gary Trent Jr. rounding out the starting lineup had 10 points, two three-pointers, two assists, and four steals. And off the bench for the Raptors, they got 17 from the aforementioned Precious Achua in 23 minutes. He was just dominating the Warriors' backups in 23 minutes. He was 8 of 12 from the field. He had five rebounds and one steal. They also got 12 points from Yuto Watanabe in 21 minutes. He was 4 of 9 from the field. He had four rebounds, two steals, a block. And it was a nice block as well. He turned the ball over as he was bringing the ball up the court. So Gary Payton II got the steal. He went up for a dunk. And then from behind, Yuta Watanabe just slapped the ball out of Payton's hands as he was on his way up. And then they had a laugh about it afterwards. So good stuff here for Watanabe. And then they also got seven points for Malachi Flynn in 15 minutes. Five points for Svi Mikhailiuk, although he was just two of eight from the field. And Justin Champagny rounding out the bench in terms of the scorers had just two points on 0 of 3 shooting for the Raptors. All right, and next we can move on to Oklahoma City, where the Thunder got a rousing victory over the LA Clippers, 104 to 103. Another clutch buzzer beater from Shea Gildas Alexander. He made the mistake the other game of leaving half a second left on the clock for Devontae Graham to get a 61 foot heave up, and that ultimately cost them the game. But this one, he made no mistake. He hit a three pointer at the buzzer, leaving no time for the Clippers to respond. So just an incredible run here for Shea Gildas-Alexander of clutch three-pointers late in games. Overall, he had 18 points in this game, but it was actually Lou Dort, his fellow Canadian, who led the way in terms of scoring. He had 29 in 37 minutes, and he was very efficient, 12 of 19 from the field. Whereas the Clippers were led by Luke Kennard in the starting lineup. He had 27 points in 39 minutes, and they also got 18 from Terrence Mann. The Clippers are still missing Paul George, so they are struggling without him. They are just... Five and five in their last 10, but they're on a two game losing streak. But this game was really close throughout. Neither team ever held a double digit lead. It was the Thunder who were leading throughout the majority of the second and third quarters, but the Clippers always managed to stay within striking distance. And then throughout the fourth quarter, it was just back and forth. There was a couple of clutch shots by both teams. Luke Kennard started things off with a three-pointer with 2.37 left on the clock that put the Clippers up by one. And then Nick Batum followed that up with a three-pointer with 33 seconds left. So it was actually the Clippers that were leading by four points with just 30 seconds to go. But then Lou Dort got a layup with 25 seconds on the clock. And then, of course, Shea's 
clutch three-pointer at the end of the game sealed the deal for the Thunder. And overall, they shot 46% from the field and 38% from three. So they were actually better from the field than the Clippers, but worse from beyond the arc. The Clippers, as they typically are, were very efficient from beyond the arc, 41%. And the Thunder actually turned the ball over more times than the Clippers as well, 16 to 13 but OKC dominated LA on the boards, out-rebounding them 55-39. to So that was really the difference maker in this game. And so with this win, the Thunder now improved to 9-19. and So they are still at the bottom of the Western Conference, just 3-7 and in their last 10 games, but they're just half a game behind the Pelicans in 14th, and they're just behind the Rockets actually in 13th, but they've played two less games. So very tightly contested there at the very bottom of the West, and the Thunder are negative 9 in the point differential, which is by far worst in the conference. And as for the Clippers, this loss takes them to 16 and 14. So they're still in fifth in the West, but they are tied with the Lakers in sixth, and they're just half a game up on the Denver Nuggets in seventh, and they're three games behind the Memphis Grizzlies in fourth. The Clips have a plus 1.1 point differential, which is fifth best in the conference. So that is about where they should be, and they are on a two-game losing streak, like I said. They're just five and five in their last 10. All right, so moving on to the box score. And the Clippers, as I mentioned, were led by Luke Kennard. In 39 minutes in the starting lineup, he was red hot with 27 points on 9 of 18 shooting. He was 7 of 13 from beyond the arc. And he had seven rebounds, three assists, one steal. And he was plus 13 in the plus minus, which was a team high. So fantastic game here for Luke Kennard. They also got a double-double from Reggie Jackson, 16 points and 10 assists, but he was not very efficient, 6 of 20 from the field, just 2 of 8 from the three-point line. He had two rebounds, four steals, though. 18 points for Terrence Mann in the starting lineup in 41 minutes. He was 6 of 12 from the field. He had 7 rebounds, 3 assists. 9 points for Justice Winslow. He had 9 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal as well. And Avita Zubats rounding out the starting lineup. The big man had 4 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal. And off the bench for the Clippers, they got 12 points from Nick Batum in 25 minutes. He was 4 of 6 from the field. All he took were three-pointers. He had that one clutch three late. But then his defense on Shea Gildas-Alexander in the final possession was a bit lacking, to say the least. So kind of an up-and-down game for Batum. Efficient shooting, though. He had one rebound, two assists, two steals. Nine points for Eric Bledsoe in 21 minutes. He was 3 of 13 from the field. He was negative 10 in the plus-minus. That was a team low. Eight points for the big man, Isaiah Hartenstein, in 19 minutes. He was very efficient. Four of five from the field, five rebounds, two assists, and two blocks. And Amir Coffey and Brandon Boston saw the court briefly but did not score. And as for the OKC Thunder, they were led by Lou Dort with 29 points in 37 minutes. He was incredibly efficient. 12 of 19 from the field and four of eight from three. He had five rebounds, one assist, two steals as well. So incredible stuff for Dort. And then they also got 18 points from Shea Gildas-Alexander in 36 minutes. He was 8 of 16 from the field overall, 2 of 5 from beyond the arc. He had three rebounds, six assists, and a steal. And then the other three starters all scored in single digits, but Josh Giddy absolutely stuffed the stat sheet. The rookie had eight points in 32 minutes. He was just 4 of 14 from the field, but he had 18 rebounds and 10 assists. Incredible stuff. The double-double with assists and rebounds for Giddy. And then they also got seven points for the other rookie, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, in just 18 minutes. He had four rebounds, one assist, one steal. And five points for Aaron Wiggins in 18 minutes. He just had three rebounds in that time. 
And off the bench for the Thunder, they got double-digit scoring from three guys. 11 points for Trey Mann, the third rookie, in 18 minutes. He was 4 of 8 from the field. Perfect 3 of 3 from beyond the arc. 10 points for the sophomore, Alexei Pokashevsky. He was 4 of 6 from the field. 10 points as well for Darius Baisley. He had one three-pointer, two rebounds, two blocks. Four points for Kenrich Williams, the backup big man. And just two points for Mike Muscala, the other backup big man. All right, and next up, we can move on to Milwaukee, where, once again, the shorthanded Milwaukee Bucks were defeated by the Cleveland Cavaliers, 119-90. to This game was an absolute blowout for the Cavaliers in the end, and they were led in this game by Chetty Osman off the bench. He had 23 points. He had five three-pointers. And then they also got 15 points from two other guys off the bench, the veterans, Kevin Love and Ricky Rubio, and then 22 for Darius Garland in the starting lineup. Whereas the Bucks were led by Jordan Wara in the starting lineup, he had 28 points and 11 rebounds, and they got 17 from the rookie Sandro Mamukevishvili. But unfortunately for the Bucks, there was no Giannis Antetokounmpo, no Chris Middleton, no Drew Holiday, and so they were severely outplayed by the very capable Cleveland Cavaliers in this game. They were outscored 34-20 to in the first, and then they kept pace in the second, but the third quarter is where things really fell apart for Milwaukee. They were outscored 31 to 18. And so by the end of the third, it was a 24-point lead for the Cavaliers, and they did not look back. They even expanded upon that lead even further in the fourth. So an absolute dominating victory here for the Cavaliers. They shot very efficiently, 50% from the field and 35% from three. And they did have 15 turnovers, but the Bucks beat them in that regard. They had 17 turnovers, and they only shot 39% from the field. And so with this dominating victory, the Cavaliers have shaken things up at the top of the Eastern Conference. They are now in third, ahead of the Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks in fourth and fifth. And the Cavs are just behind the Chicago Bulls on winning percentage. The Bulls have played four less games. They're 17 and 10, whereas the Cavaliers are 19 and 12. And they are two and a half games off the Brooklyn Nets in first. So an incredible run of form here for the Cleveland Cavaliers to start the season. They have the best point differential in the entire Eastern Conference by far, plus 5.9. And they're on a six-game winning streak. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. Just phenomenal play lately from the Cleveland Cavaliers. All right, so moving on to the box score. And the Cavaliers were led, as I mentioned, by Chetty Osman off the bench. In just 27 minutes, he had 23 points on an incredibly efficient 8 of 12 shooting. He was 5 of 9 from beyond the arc. He had 5 rebounds, 4 assists, and 1 steal. Incredible stuff there for the Turk, Chetty Osman. He was plus 22 in the plus minus. And as for the starters, they were led by Darius Garland, the point guard, in 32 minutes. He was also insanely efficient. 10 of 13 from the field and 2 of 4 from 3. Incredible stuff for Garland. And he had 4 rebounds, 6 assists, and 1 steal as well. And then they got 14 points from the big man, Jarrett Allen, in 29 minutes. He was 6 of 9 from the field overall. He had 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, and 1 block. And then the other three starters for the Cavaliers all scored in single digits. There was no Evan Mobley in this game for the Cavs, so they got nine points from Dean Wade inserted into the starting lineup, and he had three three three-pointers, five rebounds, three assists, and two steals. And then eight points for the other two starters, Lowry Markinen and Lamar Stevens. Markinen was ice cold in this game, 3 of 14 from the field, 0 of 7 from beyond the arc. He had two rebounds, two assists. And Lamar Stevens had one three-pointer, three rebounds, and two assists to go along with his eight points. 
All right, and off the bench for the Cavaliers, besides Chetty Osman, they got 15 points from the two veterans, Kevin Love and Ricky Rubio. There's been a lot of discussion recently about these two incredibly efficient and effective veterans off the bench for the Cavaliers, the, of course, former teammates in Minnesota. Rubio was a team high, plus 33 in this game. He had a double-double, 15 points, 10 assists, with five rebounds, three steals, and a block. He was 6 of 12 from the field. He had two three-pointers, so just incredible play from the Spaniard. And then 15 points and seven rebounds from Kevin Love in 23 minutes. He was plus 28 in the plus-minus, and he had four assists and one steal as well. So just incredible play from those two. And then they also got three points from Denzel Valentine in 12 minutes and two points from R.J. Nemhard. And as for the Milwaukee Bucks, they were led by Jordan Wara. He had 28 points and 11 rebounds in 42 minutes. He had four three-pointers. He was 11 of 21 from the field overall, four assists as well. So really solid production from Nuara. And then they also got a double-double from DeMarcus Cousins inserted into the starting lineup. The recent acquisition had 12 points and 12 rebounds in 27 minutes. He was 4 of 11 from the field. He had two threes, one assist, five steals, and one block. Really nice numbers for Cousins. And they also got 17 from Sandro Mamukevishvili, the rookie. He played 42 minutes and had four three-pointers. He had two rebounds, one assist, one steal, and one block, although he was negative 26 in the plus-minus. The team low in that regard was actually Javante Smart. In 44 minutes in the starting lineup, he was negative 37, and he was 2 of 14 from the field. He had three rebounds, four assists, one steal, and two blocks, though. And George Hill, the veteran point guard, rounding out the starting lineup. He was actually the only player on the roster for the Bucks to have a positive plus-minus. He was plus 8 in his 22 minutes, and he was very efficient, actually. 7 of 11 from the field. He had 14 points, 3 rebounds, 4 assists. And off the bench for the Bucks, just three players saw the court. Simi Ojale had five points in 18 minutes. He had seven rebounds. Seven points for Thanasis Antetokounmpo in 25 minutes. And three points for Pat Connaughton in 19 minutes. All right, and finally, we can move on to Utah, where the Jazz were defeated by the Washington Wizards, 109-103. to This was actually a pretty much full-strength game for once. The Wizards were led by Bradley Beal. He had 37 points, and they also got 15 from Howell Neto off the bench, whereas the Jazz were led by Donovan Mitchell. He had 32 points, and they got a big double-double from Rudy Gobert, 11-19 and with six blocks. The main player that was missing in this one was Mike Conley for the Jazz, but other than that, both teams pretty much full strength, and it was just back and forth throughout. Early on, the Jazz were leading. They had outscored the Wizards 33-27 to in the first, but then their lead dwindled throughout the second, and in fact, they were trailing at halftime. It was the Wizards who had taken the lead. It was 56-53, to and so then it was just back and forth, like I said, throughout the entire second half. Neither team ever held a double-digit lead in the third or fourth quarter. At the end of the fourth, the Wizards had a slight lead. It was 105-101, to so a four-point game with about 30 seconds to go when Rudy Gobert got a dunk, cutting the deficit to just two, 105-103. to but with 12 seconds to go, the biggest shot of the game came from Contavious Caldwell-Pope. He was clutch with a three-pointer, a 27-footer, that put the Wizards up by 5, 108-103. to So that was the nail in the coffin, and the Wizards were able to pull this game out against a very capable home team in the Utah Jazz. And the shooting and the rebounding was all pretty similar for both teams throughout this game. The turnovers was the big difference maker in this one. The Jazz had 16 versus just 9 for the Wizards. So a really clean game here for Washington. And that allowed them to overcome just shooting 29% from the three-point line. So with this win, the Wiz now improved to 16 and 15. So they are just holding on to that playoff spot. They're in 7th right now. But they are just half a game up on the Celtics and 76ers in 8th and 9th. 
and just one game up on the Raps and Hawks in 10th and 11th. And the Wizards are tied with the Charlotte Hornets in 6th, one and a half games behind the Bucks in 5th. They have a negative 2.5 point differential, though, which is actually third worst in the entire conference. And they're just 3-7 and seven in their last 10 games. And as for the Utah Jazz, this loss takes them to 20-9. and nine. So they are still in third in the West, three and a half games off the top spot, the Phoenix Suns. And despite losing this game, they actually now have the best point differential in the league at plus 10.5 because the Warriors got blown out by even more than the Jazz. So kind of a strange turn of events there. They lose the game, but now have the best point differential in the league. And they are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games, but they're on a two-game losing streak. All right, so moving on to the box score, and the Wiz, as I mentioned, were led by Bradley Beal, one of his better games of the season thus far. He's had a bit of a disappointing year, but this was a step in the right direction. 37 points in 36 minutes. He was 13 of 24 from the field, 9 of 10 from the free throw line, and 2 of 5 from beyond the arc. He had 5 rebounds, 7 assists, and a block, and he was neutral in the plus-minus. So overall, a really solid game, especially offensively for Bradley Beal. And they also got 13 points from KCP, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. He was only 4 of 13 from the field before that final shot of the game, but he made that clutch 3 to help seal the deal for the Wizards. He was 3 of 9 overall from beyond the arc, and he had 3 rebounds and 3 assists as well. They also got 12 points from the big man, Daniel Gafford, in 28 minutes. He was 5 of 10 from the field. He had 9 rebounds, 2 assists. He was plus 8 in the plus minus, which was a starter's high. And then they also got 8 points from Kyle Kuzma in 24 minutes, but he was 0 of 6 from 3, and he had 3 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 steals, and a block. And Spencer Dinwiddie rounding out the starters was atrocious in this game, 0 for 7 from the field. He missed all 7 of his attempts. He did not score at all, and he had 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, though. But nonetheless, that shooting has just been atrocious for Dinwiddie so far this season. He and Kuzma going a combined 0 of 9 from 3 might have been the uh, anchor that dragged this team down. If not for some stellar play off the bench for the Wizards, they got 15 points from Howell Neto, the backup point guard, in 29 minutes. He was 6 of 12 from the field. He had one three-pointer, seven rebounds, four assists, and he was plus 14 in the plus-minus. The team high in that regard was Denny Avdia, the sophomore. He was incredibly efficient, 4 of 5 from the field and 2 of 2 from beyond the arc. So he had 11 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, and a block and he was plus 23, like I said, so incredible stuff there from Avdia. And 11 points as well for the backup big man, Montrez Harrell. He was 4 of 6 from the field, and he had a 3-pointer and 6 rebounds and 3 assists. And then they also got 2 points from Aaron Holiday in 4 minutes. And as for the Jazz, they were led by Donovan Mitchell. He almost matched Bradley Beal's output. He had 32 points in 37 minutes, but he was a little bit less efficient. 12 of 25 from the field, 4 of 12 from 3. And he had 3 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal. He had 5 turnovers as well. They also got 18 points from Boyan Bogdanovich in 32 minutes. He was 6 of 15 from the field. He had 3 threes, 2 rebounds, 1 assist. A big double-double for Rudy Gobert. He was perfect from the field, 4 of 4 for 11 points, 19 rebounds, 1 assist, and 6 blocks. Incredible stuff for the stifled tower, Rudy Gobert. And they got 9 points in 34 minutes from Royce O'Neal, and 9 points as well from Joe Ingles, inserted into the starting lineup in place of Mike Conley. In 29 minutes, Ingles was 3 of 7 from the field. All he took were 3-pointers, and he had 6 rebounds and 2 assists. And off the bench for the Jazz, they got 12 from Jordan Clarkson, the reigning 6th man of the year, when 29 minutes was 4 of 14 from the field, just 1 of 10 from beyond the arc. He had 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, though. 8 points for Rudy Gay. He was 2 of 6 from the field. 3 points for the backup big man Hassan Whiteside, and 1 point for Trent Forrest.
All right, and with that, we are done with the box score breakdown. So we can now move on to fantasy, the standout and surprising fantasy lines of the night. And we had a couple of really good options to pick from. You had a nice line from the rookie, Cade Cunningham. 21 points, 7 rebounds, 11 assists, and 2 steals. You also got a big 37-point game from Bradley Beal. A nice game off the bench for Ricky Rubio, 15-10 and 10 with 5 rebounds and 3 steals. And then that big double-double from Rudy Gobert, 11 points, 19 rebounds, and 6 blocks. But ultimately, we went with Fred Van Vliet. It was an easy pick in the end. He had a dominating line, 27 points in 33 minutes. He was 9 of 17 from the field. He had six three-pointers. He was 6 of 10 from three and 3 of 3 from the free throw line. He had seven rebounds, 12 assists, three steals, one block, and zero turnovers. Just incredible game here for Fred Van Vliet. He has absolutely been the Raptors' best player so far this season, and this game was a perfect encapsulation of why. Scoring pretty efficiently, filling up the box score, especially those 12 assists, three steals, and then no turnovers as well. That's the cherry on top, so really good stuff here for Fred Van Vliet. And as for surprising line of the night, we actually had several really good options. Usually there's just like one or two to pick from, but this night of NBA basketball was full of surprising lines because of all the injuries and guys coming in off the bench, and so you had, uh, let's see, 32 for Evan Fournier versus his former team. You had 12 and 12 from DeMarcus Cousins in the starting lineup for the Bucks. You had a double-double as well for the rookie David Duke Jr., 18 and 14. And then Jordan Wara had 28 and 11 in the starting lineup for the Bucks. But ultimately, we're going to go with Josh Richardson for the Boston Celtics off the bench. His best game of the season thus far. He had 27 points in 32 minutes. He was 9 of 14 from the field, so very efficient. He had five three-pointers. He was five of seven from beyond the arc and four of five from the free throw line. And he also had five rebounds, four assists, and three steals. No blocks and one turnover, but overall incredible production from Josh Richardson. The scoring was very efficient. The three-pointers, five of seven is just insane. And the three steals is the cherry on top for his line. So your surprising line of the night is going to be Josh Richardson off the bench for the Celtics. And your standout line of the night is going to be Fred Van Vliet for the Toronto Raptors. All right, and with that, we are done with fantasy, so we can now move on to our preview for today, Sunday, December the 19th, and we have nine games on the schedule in the NBA today, assuming none get suspended. So starting off in Memphis, the Grizzlies are taking on the Portland Trailblazers, and the Grizz are minus five. In Sacramento, the Kings face the San Antonio Spurs, and the Spurs are minus four and a half. In Detroit, the Pistons are taking on the Miami Heat, and the Heat are minus 7. In Philadelphia, the 76ers face the New Orleans Pelicans, and the Sixers are minus 6.5. In Atlanta, the Hawks face the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Cavs are minus 2. In Brooklyn, the Nets take on the Denver Nuggets, and the Nuggets are minus 9.5. In Chicago, the Bulls face the LA Lakers, and the Bulls are minus 6. In Minnesota, the Timberwolves take on the Dallas Mavericks, and the Wolves are minus 2.5. And, and finally, in Phoenix, the Suns are taking on the Charlotte Hornets, and the Suns are minus 7.5. All right, so we just have one best bet for today, but some interesting lines to be sure. I was a little bit surprised that the Spurs are minus 4.5 in Sacramento, considering their place in the standings. That's a lot of respect for the Spurs, but nonetheless, they have been very solid recently. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10, and the Kings are just 4-6. and six. 
And I was also a little tempted by the Phoenix Suns minus seven and a half at home for the Charlotte Hornets. The Suns now have the best record in the entire league at 23 and five. They have an 82% winning percentage. That is just insane. They've got the third best point differential in the entire league at plus 6.5. And they're eight and two in their last 10 games. Whereas the Charlotte Hornets, despite having LaMelo ball back, are just three and seven in their last 10 games. They lost their last game with ball. And I just think that the Suns can easily defeat a middling team like the Charlotte Hornets, even though they're missing Devin Booker. But that line is just a little bit too high. I would like for it to be like five or six to feel more comfortable about it. So that one ultimately going to stay away from. Ultimately, we just got the one best bet for today, and it's going to be the Los Angeles Lakers plus six in Chicago. Now, normally I don't like to bet on the Lakers because the line gets a little bit pushed in their favor, usually by the fans. But nonetheless, that just seems like way too high of a line for the Lakers in Chicago. Now, to be fair, this is a bit of a funky game because the Bulls haven't played in like over a week. They missed those two games due to the COVID health and safety protocols rendering like half of their team ineligible. And the Lakers are obviously going to be without Anthony Davis after he went down with an injury in their previous game. But that being said, the Lakers have actually been surprisingly good in the minutes that LeBron and Russell Westbrook have played together. You'd think it would be LeBron and AD that would be the dominant pair and Russell Westbrook would be the worst of the big three kind of pulling the plus minus down. But it's actually been LeBron and Westbrook who have been really solid. And so I think the Lakers, despite not having Anthony Davis, can still thrive. I still think they're a bit disrespected here. And the Bulls, I just don't really know what to expect from them. They still have a really limited roster, despite the fact that they now have enough players to fuel the team. Um, and so I just don't really have a ton of faith in the Bulls coming back and smacking down the Los Angeles Lakers, who themselves have been pretty solid recently. They are Six and four in their last 10, despite losing that last game. They have a negative 0.7 point differential overall, which is worse than the Bulls at plus 2.6, but they were on a two-game losing streak prior to these suspended games. So I just don't have a ton of faith right now in this beaten up and rusty Chicago Bulls team to come out and lay the smackdown on the LA Lakers, who might be invigorated after the AD injury. So I will take the LA Lakers plus six in Chicago, and that's going to be our only best bet for today. So thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to follow the show on social we are at NBA Recap Pod, or you can just search YouTube or Smart Speakers for NBA Recap Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to recap all nine of those games and to preview the action for Monday, December the 20th. Until then, thanks for tuning in. <laughs>